0: Yeah, it was great. Great connecting, bonding, working, all in the name of Jesus. Pretty cool. Hey, I want to start by showing a picture uh, right away. This is a boa constrictor. That is a python. Uh, they grow to be pretty large. In fact, why don't you show the next slide. That is a huge huge boa constrictor python. It catches its prey while it's sleeping. It wraps itself around its victim. It quickly cuts off the blood supply to major organs, especially the brain if it can get around the the, the throat, and basically strangles you to death. Now, I'm going to date myself. I... Had a favorite movie when I was growing up. It was called The Jungle Book. How many of you remember The Jungle Book? Okay, show the next slide. Do you remember Kaa? Kaa is a python. Um, He is trying to strangle Mowgli, and uh, it's interesting. I've actually got to go to India, and I was in the state where this all quote is written from and so yeah there are times where snakes actually strangle people and eat them small children now there's another famous snake another famous serpent and he's real i mean he's supernaturally real the bible calls his name satan he is called the serpent of old the deceiver of the nations He deceives the whole world. And I believe that one of Satan's strategies, one of his tactics, is to lull people asleep and then strangle them. Not physically, but metaphorically. It's, and here it is, it's the dumbing down of our culture. It's the dumbing down of America. Entertain people so they stop think, stop thinking. Let me at least pronounce it correctly. Dumb people down so they don't think anymore. Any way is possible. People get distracted with sports, with movies, with recreation, any kind of entertainment. But whatever you do, don't think. Don't use your brain. Go off of your feelings. Don't use your mind. Go off of political correctness. Which is to say to go along with the worldly philosophies, earthly philosophies, fleshly philosophies. Political correctness isn't concerned with truth. Righteousness, it's just not concerned with it. That's why you are encouraged to be falling asleep and not think anymore about what's going on in your world. Don't think through it. Satan's strategy is to get us to just stop thinking. That's why we now live in sound bites. We live by talking points that are on TV or in the newspaper. We live by our emotions, we live by our feelings. We live by political correctness. We live by tolerance. We live by moral relativism. We live by the natural, earthly, fleshly way. Don't think through topics. Let someone else do it for you. Let them do the thinking for you, the heavy lifting. Dumb you down to distract you from what's really going on. That's what a python does. Lulls you to sleep or at least waits till you're asleep so then they can go in for the kill. That is Satan's, I believe, one of his main philosophies and strategies on how to kill the church in America. How to kill you. Lull you to sleep. You know, when I was going to to grade school, we could not take a calculator into class. The only person that had a calculator was who? The teacher, even in high school. Why? They wanted us to think through, memorize, and then apply. Don't let a machine tell you what to do. How many of you remember when Burger King or or McDonald's first opened? I mean, this is years ago. Okay, I remember in, in the 60s going to McDonald's, and you know what the cashier had to do? Whether it was at the bank, or whether it was at the supermarket, or whether it was at fast food. They had to do it in their head, and they had to what? Count, change, back. They had to think about what was going on. Now today... The machine tells the cashier how much money to give you back, right? And if you actually give them a penny more, it confuses people, right? You're like, okay, you're supposed to get $2.11, so you give them 11 cents and they don't know what to do with 11 cents. Why? Because they don't think anymore. The world has stopped thinking. Now, that's practical stuff, but philosophies. The way to live, what is truth, what is not truth, what is false, what is deceitful, it all has merged into nothingness and you're not expected to think about anything. You and I can live out our entire life and not have to think about anything anymore. Somebody's always there to tell me what to think. You don't have to reason through a proposition. You don't have to analyze anything. You don't even have to prove or disprove a contradiction in your life. Just believe what you're told and keep your eye on the TV screen. Because people do not think anymore. They do not reason through their beliefs and they then have no convictions. Are you with me on that? They don't believe something enough because they haven't reasoned through it enough to actually feel uh, faith about it, to have a conviction about it, and therefore take a stand against what is politically correct. Do you know people can have two competing values living inside of them simultaneously even though they contradict each other because they've never thought through what they actually end up being? Let me give you an example because they've never had to actually think about them, they've never had to reason through them, they've never had to analyze them. I have heard people say, I don't believe in corporate profits. Those greedy corporations, they're always in it for the profit. And then in the same breath they say, how come my IRA is not growing? How come my mutual fund isn't growing? What's wrong with those companies? Don't they know I'm supposed to retire? Don't they know I'm supposed to make money here? Wait a second. You're upset the corporations are making a profit and yet you've invested in those corporations and you you're want money. So which is it? Are you against corporate greed or are you against actually saving for retirement? They both can't be true. Which way is it for you? Well, that's just one. Oh, I hate greedy Walmart. Walmart's so greedy. Where the prices are low. People save money, so greedy. I like Starbucks, and I'm going to go to Starbucks and pay four times the price of coffee. Well, wait. You're mad at Walmart for giving low prices, and you're mad at that corporation, and yet you're happy to pay four times the price of coffee to give it to... A corporation that's just making money hand over fist. Which is it? Oh, I believe in, in the right for women killing their children in the womb, but I give money to the humane society so kittens won't ever have to be euthanized. Wait a second, that's a contradiction in terms. You don't care about a human being in, in, the, in, in a life and yet you over here are giving money so that a kitten can be saved? That, that's a contradiction in philosophies. That's a contradiction in values. And people can hold competing values simultaneously because they don't think anymore. True story. Man said, I believe paying taxes should be optional. So I asked them, Aren't you a county employee? Yes. Do you want to get paid? Oh, well, of course I want to be paid. Well, wait a second. You don't want to have people pay taxes when you do work for them, and at the same time, you want to collect your check. Which is it? See, They haven't reasoned through that. I believe in socialism, where everybody gets equally poor. But I believe in the availability of goods and services at a competitive price. Well, you can't have one or the other. Oh, I love this one. Hollywood says that Georgia, the state of Georgia is filled, uh, is, is terrible because their laws protect the unborn. So we're going to go film in Saudi Arabia, where women are treated as cattle and are treated as slaves, and then there's a sex trade going on. You're going to pull. You're, you're not going to film in Georgia, and yet you're willing to go to Saudi Arabia, where women are defiled daily. What is it? See, there, there are competing values. Oh my. See, Satan's strategy is to dumb you down so you do not think anymore. Now, here, here's the very first fill in the blank, okay? You are a product of your thinking. You are a product of your thinking. This is what Proverbs 23.7, and we can write that reference down. 23.7 says, For as a man thinketh in his heart... So is he. Now that's the King James Version. And you have to kind of find it if you're you're reading the ESV. But basically it's whatever you think is how you're going to behave. Whatever is going on in your mind is going to come out in your hands, so to speak. You are a product of your thinking. And if you get dumbed down, if you stop thinking, it is so easy to lie to you. It is so easy to manipulate you. It is so easy to produce a life that will not live by convictions, a a life that will not live by truth. It is so easy to lead you to hell. If You don't think about what you're actually hearing and taking in. Many in our culture have been dumbed down. Many in our culture don't even read anymore you know in the early days of our culture men and women would stand for hours on end to hear an orator speak did you know that the primary form of communication was oral it was said in a crowd and then books became popular and then what happened it switched to books in the early days of our republic what kind of books were produced histories biographies autobiographies, how to, you know the magazine Good Housekeeping I don't know if it's been politicized yet, but in the early days it was all about what? Teaching women how to what? Keep a good house. Now they're not. These corporations instead of producing a product, they are now into social activism, right? We're going to change the world through social activism. Wait a second. Wow. In the early days men and women would listen and they process it and analyze it and now what do people read about zombies vampires game of thrones sorcery fantasy not to mention what Mike had just said video games that are designed to entertain you so you stop Becoming a creation of God by using your brain, by thinking. Sadly, most people don't even read today. The vast majority don't. And what they do read, oh, I'm reading 50 Shades of Grey. What? What? Now, instead of asking, is it true? People say, how does it make me feel? Does it bring me shame or guilt or does it free me to enjoy things I'm not supposed to? That is not what's being asked. Is it politically correct? So what you think, catch this, what you think, so as a man thinketh, so he is, what you think shows up in the way you live. Better said maybe be this. What you believe, your worldview, your mindset will express itself in your life. And if you think poorly, you will live a life of half truths. You will be double minded in all your ways, unstable like sifting sand. You know, Jesus told the parable at the end of of the Sermon on the Mount, and he says, whoever hears these words and puts them into practice will be a man who built his house on a rock, a strong foundation, and who disregards, who does not think through what I just told you. You build your life on what? Say it with me. Sand. Shifting sand. Here's the next biblical point. God, many times, commands you to think. He expects you to think. In Ephesians, Paul says this: You didn't learn Christ this way, assuming that you heard about Him and were taught in him and the tr- as the truth is in Jesus. but he says, "Put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt." through deceitful desires and be renewed in the spirit of your mind Paul says this in Colossians if you've been raised with Christ seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God set your minds on the things that are above not on the things that are on the earth First Peter says this prepare your minds for action be sober minded is the bible god expects you to think not just be entertained but to think Remember when Jesus told the parable of the Good Samaritan? What's this, uh, the parable about? There's a guy, he's going down the road to Jericho, he gets mugged, he's left for dead on the side of the road, a priest comes by, a uh, 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 Um, A Levite comes by and then what a good Samaritan comes by right and the good Samaritan takes care of him and feeds him and gets him to the inn and is paying for his way and Jesus asked this question because they were trying to find out a way of not loving your neighbor and Jesus said who was the neighbor to the one that was hurt and they I'll just read which of these three do you think Jesus says, Do you think about this? You think about this. Prove to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers. Of course, he had to say the one that showed him mercy. How many of you remember this? Jesus is in a synagogue. It's the Sabbath. There's a man with a crippled hand. And Jesus is perceiving all the Pharisees around him and says, What do you think? He didn't say, Mitchell, what did you think? Or, Scott, what did you think? Or maybe he did. What do you think? Is it right to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil? What do you think? God is asking, what do you think about our world? What do you think about Gay Pride Month? What do you think about Target giving $100,000 to schools so they can go into kindergarten rooms and teach children about, you don't have to be a boy. You can be a girl. Girls, you don't have to be a girl, you can be a boy. What do you think about that? Jesus is asking, what do you think about the culture, the cesspool that you live in? Do you believe in truth or do you believe in relativism? And he asks, is it right to do good on the Sabbath or evil? And they won't answer him. And what did Jesus do? He said, stretch out your hand. And he goes like this and suddenly his hands restored. And it says from that day forward they plotted to take Jesus' life. Oh! God expects us to think we can't go through life on cruise control, more concerned about our entertainment and our comfort and and, and what's on TV, then what is going on in our society? Jesus said this to a Pharisee that came up and said, Which is the greatest commandment? And you know the answer love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, and strength and soul. God commands you to think, He expects you to think. It's your responsibility. He is to be worshiped in spirit and in truth. So you must know and understand the times in which you live. Somebody say amen. Someone, we have to wake up. See, Satan has been lulling us to sleep. And we have Christians that are half in the world, half in, in the kingdom. And they don't understand why they have no power in their life. They're not changed. They're not becoming more like Jesus. They're just staying in this rut. And they're becoming unhappy and unsatisfied. And they think there's something wrong with Jesus. Instead of thinking, maybe there's something wrong with me. Here's another point. What you think about a lot, you will put your will towards. What you think about a lot, you will put your will towards. I'm just going to give you some examples. You think about money a lot, you will put your will towards making money or hoarding money. If, you think, if, you're, if you're consumed with, with thinking about money a lot, How about you think about yourself a lot? You will put your will towards selfish behavior. You will have a grid on your glasses and you will filter everything through the self lens. Think about food a lot? You will put your will towards it. You'll spend your resources on it. Time, talent, treasure on thinking about can't wait to have dinner tonight. I thought all day long about, I'm having fish tacos tonight. woo I spend the whole day thinking about fish tacos. And then after the fish tacos are gone, I go on, what's for dessert? I want something, I want to just keep feeding this thing that I just think about all the time. Or do you think about clothes and fashion a lot? You will put your will towards it. If you think, if you're obsessed with your body size and body type, I know a whole culture that is out there we call them gym rats right at least we used to in the old days their church is their gym and they go because that's all they want to do is have this great looking body wait jesus said it this way for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks whatever's going on in here is going to come out here and what you think about, you eventually will put your will towards. If you're caught up in a sin, if you're thought, if you, all day long you think about pornography, you, guess what, you're going to put your will towards it. Or if all day long you think envious and jealous thoughts, guess what, you're going to put your will towards that, aren't you? If you're thinking about a lot about something, your heart is engaged, and you will put your will towards it. Remember what Forrest Gump said? Anybody remember what Forrest Gump said? I said a lot of things. Stupid is as stupid does. You know where that originally came from? Back in the 1800s, it was handsome is as handsome does. I like that a little bit better. Handsome is as handsome does. It's not your appearance that defines you is what he's saying. It's your character. Not how you appear, but how you behave. That defines your character. What you, rev- what you do reveals what's in the heart. In Romans 8 it says this, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. That's what I was saying. When You, you put your mind on uh, whatever you put your mind to. That's what you're putting your will to. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the what? Of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Later on, Paul's going to write to the Corinthians who weren't very mature at all. They were having all sorts of problems. But he basically goes in in chapter 2 and says... You have been given the mind of Christ. The Holy Spirit has come in. You didn't get a new brain. You have the same brain cells. But you have a new way of thinking, a new way of processing. The Spirit comes in, and now when you read an article, you analyze it, you decipher it. Is this true, is it not? Is there a spin to this or not? What is the philosophy behind this? And suddenly, your mind is being able to Certain what's going on. The Spirit of God's been given to you so you can have a new world view, a way of processing information to act on truth, to build your life on truth, to interpret, to discern. And then he's going to go on and say this in 2 Corinthians, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. And then he clarifies it. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. The war for your soul is in the mind for what you think, what you believe shows up in the way you live. Now, I need you to turn to Philippians. Philippians chapter one, I mean chapter four. Philippians chapter four. And verse one says, again, stand firm in the Lord in this way. We've already talked about the first few verses about being brothers and sisters in Christ, co-heirs, harmony in the Lord Last week we talked about how we stand firm, we rejoice in Jesus, His character, His promises. And today is verses 8 and 9. He says this, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, what does your verse say? Think, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I, I, I want I to talk just a, a moment about this word think. When he says think about these things, whatever's true, lovely, beautiful, pure, awesome, commendable, we're praiseworthy, excellent. This word think means to, uh, let's say, um, um, Harold. I don't know what that is. And I'm walking down the road. And I'm like, hey. Now, let's pretend I'm in the 1800s and I see a set of car keys with a fob on it. To think, according to the text, would be this illustration. I wonder what that is. Well, as, I, that's a key, and it's made of metal. But what is that? And what? I'm going to push this button and see what happens. Yeah. It means to stoop down and analyze, ponder, try to reason through what you're looking at. That's this word think. It's a, it's a more highly sophisticated word than, well, what do you, what do you want for dinner? I don't know. That's, you have to think about that, but that's not really the word that's in the text. It is a command, not a suggestion. And if you're worrying, you're not thinking about the right stuff. You're thinking about your circumstances. So you're really not thinking. You're just reacting if you were really to think about the promises of God and really think through and ponder and analyze and, and, and reason through it, you wouldn't have to worry. This this verb means to calculate. Oh, man. To really think through something, come to a conviction, come to a conclusion, and have a conviction about it. Now, there are... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight words in our text. Whatever is true, whatever is real, whatever is based in reality, authentic, pertaining to reality, is the word true, truth, honorable, pertaining to what's worthy of respect, noble, majestic, just. Just actually, you could put the word righteousness. Those people or things or situation, facts or deeds or circumstances. That are righteous. Think about what's pure, clean, and innocent, and holy, free from defilement, lovely, agreeable, pleasing, commendable, well reported of, good reputation, excellent, more, and talk about moral goodness, virtue, and worthy of praise. If we start thinking, and really, these eight words are descriptors of Jesus. You really think about it, these words are descriptors of Jesus. You think about Jesus, his goodness, his loveliness, his righteousness his and what happens is is you get not only the peace of God but the God of peace. and guess what happens? You start being transformed. verse nine he says, what you have learned what what the truth that was taught by, from me and what you received that what was revealed sometimes I I preach and other people will come up to me after I preach and they'll say how did you know that was going on in my life and I'll like I don't know what's going on in your life and they say do you have a hidden camera at home that you're watching me because what you talked about up on here is exactly what I'm experiencing. I'm like, I don't know, but the Holy Spirit knows. And the Holy Spirit might have revealed something to you. So Paul says, what I have taught you, what has been revealed through the Spirit to you, because remember, they didn't have the New Testament written right now. And so prophecy had to come through revelation. So what was revealed to you, what you heard, and then what you have seen, what you've witnessed, now, let's go to the last slide. Oh, you. That's the fill in the blank. Think about what is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and commendable and excellent and worthy of praise. And if this isn't clear enough, you can see me after. And we can talk about more, about where your mind goes during the day, where your mind goes in the middle of the night, where your mind goes when you're driving to work, where your mind goes when you're uh, preparing food. Where does your mind go? That is what we're talking about. What are you thinking about? Or are you thinking? Have you dumbed down to the point that you're just going on uh, on a cruise control? But you've just learned today that you are commanded to think. You are commanded to be sober-minded. You are commanded to think and know the times in which you live and how you should live and live a godly life. You have been shown that. So what does it mean to think what is true? It means you've got to start thinking. you got to start reasoning through things. But look what happens. Let's go to the next slide, Heather, because i, I got to finish. Verse 7 says, In the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then he bookends it with the God of peace. Do you notice that? The peace of God and the God of peace, both will be with you. The peace of God and the God of peace will be with you if you what? If you're thinking... If you're rejoicing in Jesus, if you're staying... Because remember, it's about standing firm. How do you stand firm in a culture that's lost its mind? How do you stand firm against the tide, the swell, the riptide of today's current political correctness? How do you stand and keep your faith? You have to begin thinking with the mind of Jesus. And that begins, I'm dwelling that, on those things that are true honorable just pure lovely commendable excellent and worthy of praise and if you do that the god of peace will be with you let me pray father